so excited to do this little interview with you. I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Welcome to the Petty Podcast. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I've never been on a podcast before, except for the one time, I think in middle school, where we had to pretend to make a podcast. Oh, a little project. We love a little project. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I call all my ex-boyfriends. Anyway. (laughs) Same. I mean, no, those were experiments. <laughs> experiments, projects, things that started to grow in your fridge that you didn't realize was growing in your fridge, and then you were like, oops, throw it away. Lab accidents. Except yeah. instead of instead of adding chemical X, it was just toxic waste. Mm. Yeah, I'd rather there be a Powerpuff Girl. <laughs> oh, honey, same. <laughs> I give Major Bubbles energy. Mm-hmm. Well, for everybody tuning in, welcome to the Petty Podcast. My name is Miss Coco. You know me. You love me. You better. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? Go listen to Joe Rogan, you little dipshit. This over here is Mix Madison Steger. They, them pronouns. And we knew each other back when we were in college. It was a long a little, time ago. Long time. It was not that long ago. It just feels that way because the pandemic happened on the in-between. I'm pretty sure it's been like, what? We're in 2023. It's been like four years, five years. It's been four years. Um, That's not that long, though. I don't know. I feel like it's been forever. I mean, it's. it feels like it's been forever since we've seen each other and actually talked in real life. Yeah. Uh, but... Instead of just in we, passing at a drag show. <laughs> in passing at a drag show. Which was so much fun, by the way. Oh, good. Yes. Madison here is actually a drag queen in the Carolinas. Goes by the name of Todd Sick. Madison, would you like to talk a little bit about your career in drag and your life in drag? Well, you know, I'm still a baby. Mostly because, like, I didn't baby. even... I'm just a little baby. Um, I hit my one year in drag back in April, but um, in February, I actually had to take a break from drag because I had a lot going on uh, personally, especially with finances. And it was just something that I couldn't like take on at the time. So I took a break and I was planning on going back in the middle of the summer Cause that's when like, you know, my plan kind of worked out to where I was supposed to be able to afford it again. But, uh, unfortunately I had a surgery in June that made me literally, I was in a boot up until like two weeks ago. So I, and I still am not clear to do, go back to drag for another three months. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I know I miss it. It was so much fun. I, I still hang out with a lot of people in my community here in Columbia Um, but you know, drag was, is such like, it's so much fun because not only are you able to express yourself in any which way, but like for me, um, the arts and crafts of it is always my favorite thing. Like you either got to, um, at least for me, I would make my own clothes for the most part. Um, or at least take clothes from like Goodwill and like modify them. Um, because I'm not like, I'm very crafty. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, there was one, actually, the one competition that I did do that I won, I won because I created, it was literally, it's called, the category was ABCs, anything but clothes. So I made an entire SpongeBob outfit from boxes and duct tape. And then I would rip the box off, like the SpongeBob square box. Uh, and I was in a, basically a duct tape version of the goofy goober outfit that SpongeBob wears. <laughs> I saw that video. That was iconic. It, yes, very. And it was literally the only, it's the only competition I've ever won. Competitions are hard, um, but com- that was the only one I ever won. Um, I did do another competition down in Charleston with Medusa Chaos. She does a dragified competition every year, maybe twice a year now, actually, now I'm thinking about it. But um, she did a competition and I made it like four rounds or so, four or five rounds. Um, and I kept like I, I placed second the first competition um but it's like one of those ones where like uh you basically only one person gets eliminated each week instead of like a bunch of new people coming on it's the same exact people you just see who gets eliminated just like drag race yeah um and i got second place the first day and then i pretty much kept getting in last place and when you are in the bottom two you lip sync for your life right yeah um and the only way that I stayed the next like three rounds was because I would lip sync for my life and beat out whatever queen I was going up against. Um, so unfortunately, I did lose because I, I think they were just. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I'm sure. I, I mean, I needed to bring a lot of emotion. Like it's it's kind of hard. Like drag, it's it's so funny because people are like, "Oh, you're so scared. You're going to be like, you know, freaking out." And, like, you kind of do up until the moment you step out on stage. But, like, the, I think the hardest thing is always bringing the energy and keeping the energy going for an entire three to five minute song. Um, yeah. It's a sport. <laughs> it is a, a sport. It is a sport. Yeah. And listen, that I was cardio. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I hate cardio. I hate it. But, like, you know, I would do all these crazy things. I would dress up all crazy. Um, I always try to bring, like, some new side to whatever the prompt is asking uh, sometimes that worked out for me sometimes it didn't uh but bringing the energy was always a little bit hard so that's always why i was in the bottom is because i didn't bring it like i didn't i would lose my energy like halfway through and then like you know it was almost like a roller coaster you go up and then you go down and then you go up towards the end um but uh, I think one of the reasons why they ended up casting me out was because I kept getting by with just lip syncing. And they were like, we can't let Tom keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my little like, I think that was my kind of like, a, like maybe a little bit of a leaning point for them. But drag's a lot of fun. I suggest anyone can try drag. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, bi, trans. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as you like dressing up. And this other thing, it's like, you can literally be somebody who identifies as a girl and still be a drag king. You can still be somebody that identifies as a guy and be a drag thing. I identify as non-binary and I'm still a drag king. So, like, technically, I have he, them, or he, them pronouns, like, yeah. when I'm in drag. And most of the people in Columbia actually know me by, like, Todd. Uh, but it's so funny because, like, a lot of people are just like, oh, they can't possibly, you can't possibly be, like, a drag queen because you are actually a girl. And it's, like, unfair or whatever. And I'm just like, it's not like that, though. Like, 
the drag community, even though we get a lot of, um, even though there is like some drama that goes around and there's like some pettiness and everything like that. Cause I mean, when you put a group of gay people together, it's just bound to happen. Yeah. Um, people who love to but, perform. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The drama of it all. Like everyone, like there's like, there's a, there's some groups of people that just feed on drama and that all they want is drama because their, you know, social life might not be like, you know, the best and they just need something. And I'm like, and I get it. Like, you know, I've been there in my life before too, but, um, you know, take that uh, energy where the, you can. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, the community is so accepting of, like, new people. Um, like, I don't think... I think, like, right after I started is when people started noticing that there's this huge, huge pop around um, amongst the Carolinas of drag kings. Like, drag kings released... Like, we didn't have, like, a big voice before, and now we're, like... Like, you know, we're demanding more, we're getting more, we're putting on our own shows and people are coming to them. Um, yeah, the and we're space getting more and more drag, popular. The space for drag kings here in Charlotte is fucking popping. I love it. it there's too many. <laughs> I know. Personal opinion, too many drag kings. I love where I began. But, like, <laughs> it's so funny because, like, there's, I mean, if you think about it, there's, like, three like drag hosts like right like like or like groups that really put on these kinds of well maybe maybe four there's like there's a Anya Nerves love her she is I like I wish she was my mother because I know she's like the best mom ever like drag mom ever but she also helped me get my start like her and King uh Percocex um but so like you know there's her group there, so that's DKO. Um, there's uh, Charlotte Gamers Network. They put on drag shows all the time, and they're a uh, nonprofit um, in Charlotte that does like a bunch of drag shows and events. So uh, RC Cola and Lolita Chanel and Oso Chanel, like they're in that group. Um, and then there's the Vanities. Um, I don't know them too well, but I know that they have like their own spots and stuff like that. And I know there's a fourth. And I can't, it's, I feel like that fourth group might be like more like older queens, like the, like the old school queens. Um, but I could yeah, like, be wrong because um, I haven't been there. Like Shalita, um, Valerie Rockwell, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like, you know, there's all only like, there's like, there's like limited space in Charlotte for drag. <laughs> But there's so many kings, so, like, it's hard to get bookings and stuff like that because, you know, everyone, like, wants to be fair. And, uh, you know, I can do spotlights here and there. Uh, but I yeah. know for, like, I remember it being really hard for a lot of, like, drag kings who were, like, regular, uh, like, who were regulars on all these different kinds of uh, spots that were, like, getting less and less bookings because there are all these new kings that everyone's trying to give a fair chance to. So that sounds like it's also a bit of a challenge to get started in drag then, too, here in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way that I got started was doing the Starlight competition in Charlotte. Um, yeah. It was scary. I did terrible. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. I remember being in my apartment and still, like, trying to work on my costuming the day of. And I thought I had put together a great set and I was going to be, just, like, so cool. But, like, I didn't... Like, I wasn't good at makeup. I'm still not that great at makeup. Um, 
I, my outfit, like, you know, it wasn't what I had imagined because I didn't have the supplies to do what I wanted. Um, and it was just like, I, I like, I definitely missed the mark, but like, I feel like a lot, what I see a lot of these new Kings, it's either through Starlight, the Starlight competition, or it's through, um, the open set that kings on tap has yeah and i feel like almost everybody that does an open set on kings on tap or does the starlight competition continues like they all like get like i mean obviously it's not like uh you didn't make the cut or whatever that but because we're so accepting in charlotte they are welcome back to like other shows and things like that and a lot of them are really talented i mean i haven't seen all of them so i, I can't speak to like everybody but i'm sure that everybody's incredibly uh, talented yeah, I've been to a few of the Kings on Tap shows recently, and they have been incredible. But it feels like there's, like you said, like there's new kings every single round. It's all the baby yeah. gays. <laughs> yeah, it really start. is. I, I freaking, um, what was it? I was looking at some flyers. Like, I feel like it was like maybe a month or two ago. But I like something like, you know, fly on my drag count. All I get are like flyers and stuff like that for uh, events. But one of them popped up, and I can't remember which one it was, but I, I saw that my ex started doing drag, and I was like, oh, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hmm, like, that's great. Uh, and I was like, that's kind of funny, because, like, I, like, it's so cool. It's so cool. I'm not gonna like tell them they can't do it. Like, and it's not like, and like, it's funny because like I told like when we broke up, I told all of my drag friends to like continue being friends with them because I did it. Like, they weren't from around here. I was moving to another city anyhow, and you know, it's not like the breakup was like a horrible, awful breakup or anything like that. Um, it just wasn't. But, the it just wasn't, yeah, exactly. There was, I mean, like, and it was mostly, like, a me thing and then, like, some other issues, but, you know, whatever. Um, they they are a great person, and I didn't want them to be alone. I didn't want them to feel like they couldn't be a part of that community anymore because it's their community, too. Um, and I'm really happy for them that they're doing drag. Uh, however, I'm just gonna, I gotta, I wanna, I wanna see what it's like, because I was also the one that brought them to their very first drag show, which is... I feel like one of the Look first you drag shows I that went seed. to. I know. Well, that's the thing. It's like I brought them to a drag show because I really wanted to see um, so, um, Pepper Insult. Because <laughs> 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 Pepper Insult had come down from Raleigh to do one of uh, the Billy Sun Anya's Billy Sunday shows uh, back in like March of last year, or March or yeah, I think it was like March of last year or something like that. Um, and I was like, I really want to see it because I knew that Pepper does live singing for her shows, and I was blown away. And I was like, I'm that. That's I think that night really solidified the fact that I was going to do the competition and like start doing drag. Hell yes, drown yourself in that gay shit. I love it. I love it. For real, I don't get that anymore down here. You just have to come and visit. <laughs> I know, I know. It's an, it's a, it's an hour. I say that like you. I say that like you have the time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Being school, full time job. Yeah, for real. If I had the time, I would, and I really miss it. Um, The only time I actually ever take off for work now is like when 
I like for like anniversaries, like because my my one year anniversary is coming or my two year anniversary is coming up or however we want to word it. Um, and then I took off for a, a music festival I'm going for to at the end of September and I took off for Pride. <laughs> and that was that. I'd be, shit. You got to make time where you can make time. I totally get it. Like, yeah. Finding that work-life balance is such a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when... Cause this is the same for everybody. It's not just like a queer-specific thing. But like, everybody's got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. And while you were still like regularly performing drag, I'm sure that that was still difficult finding that kind of balance uh like with performing and working full-time can you talk a little bit like what was it like Um, trying to find that balance while you were still um, regularly performing oh i don't did did the work-life balance exist there was never there wasn't okay so that's kind of like you just didn't sleep (laughs) i really honestly coco i really did not um it was so i wasn't going to school at the time right so i had a little bit of extra time with my day if i would like so it's a little bit different so one at my job we had a manager shift that was breakfast so i'd go in at like 5 a.m and be there till like two and then I could run all my errands I could go home I could work on my drag I could cook dinner for me and my boyfriend um and uh like I it was nice for those days and then there was like you know the days I would work the mid shift you know I would wake up a little bit later or I could potentially wake up earlier and get a head start on things but like I had a little bit more balance that way just because school was like out of the picture however at one point they did take away the breakfast shifts because we had hired a manager who literally all he did was work breakfast so i was stuck working like closing shifts so i had to get up and do things my -hmm. days off would pretty much be like the days i was performing and if it was like a big enough performance i would take the day before off to finish doing whatever i needed to do for getting ready for this competition so when I was doing Dragified competition, um, it was every Thursday was the competition. Uh, and then I would take off. So I would take off Wednesday and Friday, or I would just, I would request to not close Wednesday so I could stay up all night Wednesday and then get up early in the morning Thursday and just finish whatever I didn't get done throughout the week. And it was a weekly competition. So it was a new thing that I had to do every freaking week. If Amazon was too slow, I was running to Goodwill to, or like the craft store to find like substitutes. It was just like, it was absolutely insane. Um, driving so like, the, go yeah, ahead. Like those, yeah, those days off were just like, they were never days off. Like if you weren't oh, yeah. no. doing stuff to like maintain <laughs> your like, living space and getting groceries and shit and you weren't working you were working on your drag and your art form so it was just like chaos <laughs> it was it really yeah. was and it was i mean it was organized chaos because you know i plan it out and i would tell my boyfriend um what i was planning on doing each day or like you know i tell him like the night before like okay i have to be at work at this time you have to be at work at this time because we share we his truck broke down 
for a significant amount of time now and then we got it back for a little bit and then it broke down again so like we've been sharing a car oh, for a couple fuck. months now yeah it's really really bad um at this point we're probably just going to sell it for parts and then get him a new car but we've been dragging our feet on that just because we've been so busy with work and school but we, on top of like sharing a car and working on our schedules together any free time we had together because like i also have to maintain a relationship that's the other part to it it's like yeah. not only am i trying to maintain my work life my drag life my keeping my house clean and having groceries and and keeping my bills you know in order but i also you have got your love life to too yeah <laughs> yeah which was nice because like Dylan is, he's part of the drag community as well. He's actually on the board for Pride here in Columbia. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah, so he's really, it, like he has been integrated with drag for like 10, 12 years, something like that. Um, so he like, you know, we would spend time together while I was doing my drag, but, and I always thought like that was us spending time together, but he did actually, he came to me and told me he didn't really see it that way um it wasn't like we were going out on dates it wasn't like we were go like we would go and get food and stuff like that every so often but we were like going out on special dates we were going to like events that weren't drag related like we weren't like doing normal couple things and he brought that to my attention um later like i think it was like kind of towards the end of the year last year and i had already scheduled out a few events like in December and January. So I told him after January, I would stop. And so basically February rolled around and that's when I like, we took our break because I wanted to give more time to him. So drag actually, honestly, was one of those things that was like, it's something that I absolutely love and it brought me a lot of happiness and stuff like that. But it was one of those things where like, it's the only, it, it, it consumed so much of my time that i just didn't have time for anything else and my relationship was more important than drag so i had to put that aside and until i get into like you know the rhythm of things and making sure i'm spending time with dylan spending enough time with school spending enough time at work then i can like re revisit coming back to drag so yeah. i'll spotlight every so often until then but i won't be like regularly performing for a while I love that you've like this kind of became like a learning experience for prioritization and kind of helping you understand what was most important in your life. That is, I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever been, I don't know if you're talking to any other people for the podcast for like, that are also drag performers, but like drag takes up so much time. It's not something that you can just kind of do on a whim. You kind of can once you're like, more established and you have like numbers that you know how to do and you know what costumes you have or whatever for each one so like that becomes a little bit easier but when you're new and you're just trying to build your repertoire of stuff trying to figure out what works what doesn't work you it it's takes like up so much in. time it's all in you you are yeah. spending so much time doing it um and like i mean the time you spend doing it definitely pays off in the end because you'll become more talented you'll become you know people get to know you more um you'll get more bookings like a lot of people can move full time after like a couple of years but again that's years so i don't know i miss it and i want to go back to it but i know it's not going to be anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> and balance will never be a thing <laughs> 
Balance is never a fucking thing. Not for us. Not for us. No. We have too many. The the queers have too many extracurricular activities. Like there's just too many. I feel like every queer person has like a touch of ADHD. Just cause like it's the queer audacity to think that you can do literally everything all at once. Yeah, you bite off more than you can chew in every aspect of your life. It's so, like, as someone who actually, like, has been diagnosed with ADHD, like, it's something that I've noticed. Like, I I'll tell you this. I'll tell you um, somebody that really, really impresses me, and I don't know how they do it, but Handyman. Yeah. Handyman not only was going to law school and studying for the bar here uh, in Columbia, but they were also literally putting on drag like they have their own drag company basically um kings and performing of things. every fucking week <laughs> every week in other states constantly yeah. like constantly and also working like the man had a uh, the handy has a job like within like the law workforce i don't know exactly what i i mean i i know like what, that uh, they yeah. told me what they <laughs> like do the but like i can't remember what it was it was like social services i don't know it's something but like Something i'm specific. sorry <laughs> law school is like as hard as like going to school for a doctor in my mind because i will never be at that level of like intelligence I mean, jesus but... no my sister does it i can't no absolutely <laughs> yeah. not no I... absolutely not Pour so, me a glass of wine. Like, I'll tell you what grape it is. That's about. That's the extent of what we can please, do. Please, please. Yes. I actually, I just got a promotion to beverage manager at my job, and I've been like doing yes. wine tastings again. And I'm like, hell yeah! Like I uh, miss this. Oh my god, that's but that's part of what I love about my job is like I'm able to like talk to people about the wines that I love, and I'm able to like walk them through the different flavor profiles and. They're just like, wow, you're really good at this. And I'm just like, I should hope so. I'll be paying for these skills for a while. <laughs> I'm so mad because when I moved here, there was like nothing available in the beverage world. What was available was working at Total Wine and More, which is where I technically would have been coming from. But my position was not my position and higher positions were not available at the one Total Wine store here in Columbia. Fuck. And I was like, I literally left the restaurant industry and I thought I was going to be leaving it for good. And then I moved here or I was trying to move here and I realized the only jobs that were available in management, like, were jobs that I either needed to have certain certifications in for like computer science or like computer engineering or IT or management jobs within the foods uh, food industry and i realized that like i could go back to the restaurant industry they could work with my hours because the, you know restaurants are open from you know very early on to very late at night so i could probably yeah. make it work um but yeah like it was i was really disappointed that i had to go back into the restaurant industry and leave wine altogether. um but now, but now I'm now I'm the beverage manager. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I get a little taste of but it. But that's now. exciting. Yeah, you're you're getting back into it. That's exciting. Yeah. Good for you. I'm trying. Fuck yes. I'm trying. Had my first wine tasting with the vendor the other day. It was great. I sent all. This is the other thing. 
I can't get any wines in unless I get approved by my beverage director who works mm. for a franchise and I love him. He's great. Um, but I'm also like, I'm pretty sure if I sent like all of these wines to him, he'll probably say no or like the, cause the pricing will be off or something like that. It, it, like total wine, you oh, kind of yeah, have like more they... freedom Yeah, because it was like, it, whatever the guests want, you'll give it, you'll get it for the guests because the guests will pay whatever it is, you know, but for restaurants, it's on like the, that different aspect of it. It's like, you can bring in whatever wines, but are you going to be able to sell them? Mm-hmm. Is your clientele going to be able, like, is your clientele, like the kind of clientele that will drink these kinds of wines? And I, and like on one side, I'm like, yes, I do have clientele that will drink these kinds of wines. However, how often do I see this kind of clientele? Not as often as I'd like. Like, is this something that's going to be able to live on the glass list or the bottle list? And yeah. Can well, I, I don't rotate even this get, inventory, like, regularly? Yeah. yeah. For real. Like, I, I can't even touch the by the glass. The by the glass is not something I get to modify by at all. It's all by the bottle for stuff that I can, like, ask to bring in and stuff. And then, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm told that, you, it, that I'm just going to, sh- like, you know, give all the information. And it's really going to come down to, like, the price point and stuff like that. And um, I can advocate for certain wines that I know that my team can sell. But the other t- thing is that my team lacks, like, even though all the servers are over 21, they're all, like, in their early 20s. So they lack, like, you know, alcohol knowledge. It's not like they're going to USC or Midlands and taking a wine class <laughs> like I <Yep>. did. <laughs> That's how I felt when I was working at the spot in Noda. Because I didn't have a lot of knowledge on cocktails or spirits. Like, I'd taken a couple of the spirit and mixology classes when we were in school. But, like, my main focus was wine, and this was a craft cocktail spot. So there were some really incredible wines that I had the opportunity to work with and sell, and I was able to educate a lot of my coworkers and my managers on the wines that we had, because even the managers at the time didn't know a lot about the wines that we had in stock. But as far as the cocktails went, fuck all knew fuck all about him didn't know what the hell i was doing uh so it was like we were like exchanging knowledge at this point we were teaching each other which was that was it's the blind leading the blind (laughs) exactly but we were able to find that balance and it worked with like it worked for us yeah and we were able to educate each other and we all became better at our jobs because we it was teamwork it was team we were a team I'm trying to. I'm trying Worked to. Worked as a team, left as a team. <laughs> exactly. Oh, for real. For in your case. <laughs> um, I'm trying to instill that in my uh, my servers. Uh, I have a few that are really good at selling wine, um, and are capable of like teaching others. Like I literally have one that's a, a server coach, and he's really good with the whole like with all the wine stuff. However. Um, the oh goodness um do i have to back out of here jesus oh lord i know uh, you, you missed it uh while you're talking about that some guy came up and started like pointing to the sign i was like, like basically like nothing like why are you even here blah blah blah, blah. and i was like oh, i can't believe you're just like so, i'll go sir <laughs> yeah for real like you calm down it's not the end of the world i but, am um, parked i'm not glued to the spot <laughs> Exactly. I'm just waiting to see like what cars actually move at this point. Um, but the uh, um, 
goodness gracious, now I'm trying to think of my words. Uh, but so for my store, it's very much like every, so, you know, most restaurants shut down for COVID, right? Yeah. So Which is why I was glad to be down in here, retail at the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, retail really paid off for me in that like instance, but you know, it's one of those things where I, you know, it could have like it affected everyone else in my household because everyone else in my household worked in a restaurant. Yeah. Um, so I basically was uh, the only one making any money other than the stipend for my uh, thing. But like, you know, it happened down here too. Um, so they actually, for the job, for the restaurant that I was at, they let everyone go. You know, so they could collect that stipend money and they could collect unemployment and that kind of thing. Um, and then they were hoping that a lot of their people would come back after they reopened. However, that was not the case. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people came back. Not a lot of people. Uh, I think they had what? Five, I think as, as of right now, I have five people that have returned and like stayed this long um so that's five people out of the what i would assume would have been 40 to 50 people staff so they had to do a lot of hiring and rehiring before they actually like reopened reopened um and unfortunately they also were having to serve people like with covid protocols so you have a bunch of kids who are in their early 20s trying to, uh, you know, do fine dining service because my the establishment I work at, it's fine dining. Um, and they can't because they can't get that close to the people they're serving all the time. So they're taught all these different protocols. And then we have to basically... Now, I think starting like a couple months ago, we really got a, we really went back to like our roots in our franchise training. We really went back to um, basically doing everything by the book and it's been a struggle to do so. But one of the things that really got like, not only did training get dropped hard when they rehired people, but also like anything to do with wine and alcohol, like wine and liquor, like it was by far probably the most like ridiculous thing because like i'll go down into my wine room and i'll just have random wines i don't know where they came from they're not in my inventory list like they're not they like, just, they've been in there just, so long they, they got taken out yep <laughs> yeah exactly and like i don't even know how well our inventory had been doing prior to me taking over i'm assuming like because we had this one wine manager and he kind of just took care of everything and nobody like really followed up with him because like he was producing the right numbers and like you know he was getting all of his checks oh goodness it's a very tight spot um his checks in and so you know nobody really knew anything we weren't sure if we were really losing money or gaining money or anything and so when i got down there and I started doing like real hardcore inventory instead of like, you know, him just trying to remember what he is and isn't down there. Um, I thought we would lose a bunch of money, but it turns out I was only, we only lost like 0.4% of what we actually thought or something like, you know, like Mike, my, my uh, manager, Michael thought it was going to be like 
10% loss or something like that. But like I counted everything to the T and we did not lose that much stuff. And actually most of it is because I put in um, all these wines that were never being counted. So that actually brought us back a whole bunch of money. Hell yes. Yeah. Love it when we're able to show that we can make money. Yes. Now, however, for sales, I have no idea because uh, my team doesn't know anything. I mean. I'm working on it, though. We got to become teachers. Yeah. Everybody is your student now. For real. That's the only thing is, though, uh, the students need to be willing to learn. And I don't think most of my staff is really willing to learn. There's a lot of, like, I don't, like, I think a lot of it is that they don't feel like they can sell wines like that. Like, they're not confident in their own skills. Like, they all have the skill to do it. They all have, like, I can give them the knowledge and the know-how, but it's all up to them, like, you know, just picking out a couple of them and, you know, talking about them. And, like, their pocket wines, almost like their pocket wines for the buy-the-glass, but pocket wines for, like, bottles of, uh, bottles of stuff, too. It will work so much better, but they're, like, they're all, like, a little timid about it. And I get it. It can be intimidating. Um uh... I always like to show people that, like, the more you are able to talk about these wines, the more money you can make. Because the better you're able to sell this, the more money your guests spend, and that means the more money they end up tipping you. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'll tell you what about Columbia. Columbia is not... Columbia is not one of those cities where, like, people are good about tipping. Uh, Like... I, I'll get some tables that, like, will definitely, like, tip, like, you know, that 20% and over tip and stuff like that. But I think, like, that's, like, half. And the other half of the tables are, like, they, like, I feel bad because it's almost like they can't. I mean, right now we're, like, in a recession or inflation or whichever one it is. And people don't have money and things are expensive. But, like, people are still coming in with, like, only so much money. And then, like, it's, like, it's almost, like, the, even though they get, like, really great service. And I, and I'll admit that, like, you know, we're not always on our A game at my job. But, and they're, like, you know, we have screw-ups from time to time. But for sure, they, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, we'll have tables that we'll give, like, the best service to. And then they'll tip 5%. Yep. There's always tables like that, unfortunately. Yeah. But I'm saying, like compared from charlotte because i was a server in charlotte yeah like from charlotte to here it's way worse here than it is in charlotte like people in charlotte because like the food industry is such like a big deal in charlotte like they really like treat the workers there well like in like and companies will also pay their workers more than like you know what's actually minimum wage but here in Colombia, yes. it's not like that at all. It's ridiculous the like how much, uh, like I don't think I've heard of anybody any restaurant job paying more than what the minimum wage is, and then also like the tipping scale here is just ridiculous. That's what I, I feel, enjoy I feel about. Bad. Yeah, that's what I enjoy about working where I work right now because it's. For serving and bartending, I make $10 an hour plus all of my tips. Oh, are you serious? Oh my god, it's great. That's so nice. I wish I wish restaurants would do that across the board for the entire country. 
Oh my god! It's yes. only like select cities where like food and beverage are like what Charlotte's no- like or what cities are known for. Like Charlotte is known for its brewery scene. Charlotte is known for its food scene. Like it's so funny, and like they're like they're also known for banking or whatever. But but I mean <laughs> it's like mostly known. But we care about the food. We care about the about alcohol. The we care about yes, yes. Yeah, here, here, Columbia is such a college town. Like USC is right in the heart of Columbia, which is also why parking sucks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, we also have, like, Midlands Tech is a huge community college down here. We have um, – there's another college on, like, the outskirts of the city limits um, that the name is now escaping me, but there's the Columbia uh, – there's the International University. There's the – there's another university like called Columbia University, I think something like that. I can't remember, but it's uh like there's like so many like literally summer the entire city empties. Jesus. Yeah, like there's there's no such thing as traffic, except for on like maybe on the interstates because of people traveling to like the beach and stuff like that. But like there's no such thing as traffic. Um, I mean that sounds blissful. Yeah, but then, like, when school's back in session and stuff like that, there's at least, like, six different rush hours. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Like, that's what I fucking hate about, like, 77. Um, oh, my God. During fucking rush hour, I've just, I'd rather just get there an hour early <laughs> and not have to deal with it. Yep, for real. That's, I mean, mm. for my, for getting me and Dylan to school, most days I have to drop him off. Like his classes start at eight and then mine will start at like eight or eight thirty. So I'll drop him off at like seven thirty and then I pretty much make it to up uh, like he's down by the airport, so it's like a twenty minute drive, tw- fifteen to twenty minutes, depending on how bad traffic is. But I take the back roads or like the town roads instead of like the highways, or else it would take me like thirty five minutes. Yeah, you um, just don't fuck with it at all, yep. <laughs> yeah, I just, at least here in Columbia, definitely not. It's like, they have two highways. Well, I guess three. They have 26, 20, which intersect, and then I-26, um, or 126, sorry, um, that, like, leads into downtown. But it's it's so ridiculous here that, like, I just try to take, except for, like, when I'm actually leaving my house, because I live all the way, like, I live, like, 20 30 minutes away from downtown i have to take the interstate but the minute yeah. i can get off the interstate i will i just had a big stretch okay good job oh my god oh i feel like a new person okay that's what i need to do i need to crack my back yeah feel like a tense little fucking noodle drop me in the boiling water <laughs> navigating pronouns in the work environment oh god yeah <laughs> how has that gone for you I'll... how has that gone for you uh well okay so in charlotte it was a lot easier um where i was at because everyone was so very accepting and i you know it's so funny because like i you know we live in the south right and I, but i really don't think of charlotte as like a southern city it's, it's like very a little much, oasis yeah it's a very yeah it's like its own little bubble and we have so many people from all over the country that it's like i hate using the term melting pot but it is like kind of like a melting pot in a way of like different like things like yes we still have the very bigoted 
types of people in the city, but more often than not, uh, there's a lot of people who are accepting. However, here in Colombia, that's not really the case. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, you know, saying that like, no, people in Colombia are very accepting. There are a lot of people in Colombia that are accepting for sure. However, I have seen and witnessed more hate um, mm. living here in the South. And I'm also in a relationship where it's dangerous um, to be out like that, unless like you're in a large group and um, you know, and I haven't, I, I didn't grow up here. I, I've only lived here for a year and my, my boyfriend has lived here his entire life basically. So like, he knows like how dangerous it can be. Like he's had hate crimes against him, like down here yeah. in Colombia. So like, you know, when I first moved here, I didn't, I, I'm always really awkward when people start introducing me. So I didn't say anything about my pronouns at first. So everyone kind of just assumed it was she, her, because that's my biological and kind of what I present as because of my big old bitties. But, um, you know, at some as a point, tall lady with a deep ass voice, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so, you know, people assumed, however, as I got more comfortable and as people got to really know me and know what I do in my personal life, and things like that at work people ask would ask me what my pronouns were you know again like uh, most of my most of my uh employees are college age students so they're a little bit more accepting in these times than you know others are um so i i have a few that do use the they them however for the most part i'm still like she her is still like the major one that goes around at work and i just don't correct anybody um i would honestly like even though non-binary being non-binary is under the trans flat like the trans umbrella of things i am i kind of came out as non-binary very late in life um you know i kind of always knew i've always been a tomboy i didn't always like being seen as like a girl but I like, you know, I'm not, it's not like I want to be seen as a man either. So like, you know, it was like going back and forth between like trying to figure out if non-binary is even the right term for me. Um, Cause like, you know, there's gender fluidity and all this other kind of stuff. So my own internal struggle really uh, hurt my outward, outward like social stance, I guess you could say. Um, and how I present myself socially, like at work, mostly because it's really hot down here in Columbia, I've been wearing dresses to work and I would never wear a dress except for anywhere mm. in the professional, um, you know, world, uh, or like to a wedding or something like that. If it was like a summer wedding, cause like, you know what, it's just too hot to be wearing pants, you know, like I just can't it, wear the it pants. It is hotter than balls. It's, yes. Yeah. It, I just can't. <laughs> the dresses, Dresses with the breeze save me. So I, I think it's a lot harder for people at my job to remember I go by they them pronouns. And it's also not like everybody knows. Um, so that's kind of been like my my whole thing. Um, I'm also not one to put uh, they, them, by themselves. Like by, because you know how like on LinkedIn you can put your, like your pronouns on LinkedIn and everything. I'm pretty sure mine is still she, they, them. And I'm not what, and like my resume still says she, they, them. And it's only because I don't want to be pre-discriminated against prior to being able to get in front of somebody like, you know, physically to get a yeah. job. 
um, because, you know, some people in the South, like, you know, they're not supposed to discriminate, but that also doesn't mean they have to bring you in for an interview. Like, they might see the they, them pronouns and be like, oh, I don't want somebody like that, you know? Like, they can make their own assumptions once I get there because, you know, I have a shaved head. Like, you know, I have very short hair. Um, and I, whenever I go to interviews, I'm in slacks and a button-up with my binder on with a tie. <laughs> like, yep. very masculine. So they can make their own assumptions about me once I get there. But I'm going to impress them. With, Just like, giving the do not perceive and... me energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... You know, uh, it's just one of those things where, like, I could try a little harder at work to get people to say they, them. Um, but it also, on, like, the same side, it doesn't bother me. Like, I get, like, not using the right pronouns for people who really identify as one gender or another because that's, like, you're just basically insulting them at that point. But for me, because it's they, them, and I still present very feminine at work, I don't mind them calling me a she. Like, I don't get mad about it. It doesn't bother me so deeply that I lose sleep over it kind of deal. Um, yeah. Now, if somebody called me a lesbian, I would be, I, I get so, I have one food runner that will always call me a lesbian. I'm like, I'm not a freaking lesbian. Like, you need to stop. <laughs> I am a bisexual king and you will respect me as such. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. But, um, my boyfriend yeah. called me a lesbian, and I was just like, I don't think you know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Incorrect. <laughs> it's just like, babe, I don't know how to tell you this. We're both trans. <laughs> it's like, it don't work like that. It just don't. I'm trying to navigate that, I just don't is really what the answer is to the short version of, to that is that I just don't. I, I mean, like, I've never outwardly gone into a job and said that I was they, them. I've just been asked by people and people kind of do the work for me, you know, like have yeah. you ever had like people, like coworkers, like learn your pronouns. And then like, if somebody uses the wrong pronoun, they're the ones that to correct the other person. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. It's that like, I'm it has like, now happened. You, uh, yeah. Yep. People who care about you will fight for you. That yeah, it, for real. Which I appreciate, but this also, is my friend like, Valentina. I... She's an ally. Say hi, <laughs> Valentina. <laughs> ally. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. I've had so many friends just do it for me, and I'm like, it's not that deep. And then they like they they're like, I'll have like friends that get really upset for me, and I'm like, y'all, I'm not losing sleep over this. You can calm down. <laughs> it became a big deal for me when I first started using they them pronouns back when I was in my when I was identifying as like gender fluid. Um, before I realized this gender ain't so fluid, it's just, we're in the wrong state. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was going by they, them pronouns and I told my bosses and my coworkers, but like nobody was using them. So I ended up having a conversation with my manager at the time. And I straight up told him that it felt dehumanizing that he asked me this and knew this about me and it felt like I was just being straight up disrespected because we were months in on this and he still wasn't using the correct pronouns and nobody around me was using the correct pronouns and it felt like they even though they said that they were trying to be an advocate for me and care about me and my other co-workers it, they weren't putting their money where their mouth was yeah I, I like that's like it's kind of like my biggest fear 
like doing that as well it's like if i really wanted to put my emotional like i have only so much emotional energy to give right and if i were to put my emotional energy into that i think i would end up being disappointed and i mostly say that because my boss i literally keep telling like everyone calls me maddie right like everyone calls me maddie it's like that's my name that's what i go by i like it's not that i don't like my first name or anything like that but like i just rather go by maddie my yeah. boss, well, because he was introduced to me and I, or I was introduced to him as Madison, he still has not been able to switch it to Maddie. Like, he's like, he'll just constantly call me Madison. He'll write Madison on whatever papers, like the daily, like, roster paper or whatever, even though on the app that he prints the roster out as, my name says Maddie. Like, it's just like, I know, like, he, I know it's, like, he's just, like, you know, one of those guys who just, it, it won't click for him because he's, like, an older guy. He has got too much on his plate or whatever. I know, like, yeah. if I tried to do the whole they, them, it wouldn't be that, like, they were, like, a, it's not like they would be actively doing, like, be against or anything like that. It's just one more thing I'm adding to their plate to remember because I didn't do it initially, and it's always a lot harder always a lot harder like even for my boyfriend my boyfriend didn't know i was when we got back together um he had no idea during the time that we were apart that i came out as non-binary like socially um to more than just like my close friends um and i like had already told my parents and like all this other kind of stuff that i wanted to start using they them pronouns and like it took him forever to use they them pronouns and it was so funny because like it didn't really bother me but he he would be himself up about it um you know because he's also part of the community um and um, it'd be funny because like he'd say she or i like out on a drag show and then like jason waterfalls would be on his ass saying they them <laughs> they. <laughs> and he'd be like oh shit sorry like and i was just like it's fine like i don't i don't care i like i realize that if i put my emotional like you know energy into this that i'm just gonna end up disappointed or upset or whatever so i'm just not gonna do it in the first place and that's where i am now is i've come to the realization that if i spent time correcting every single person on my pronouns every single person who slips up makes a mistake says man dude or bro like I will run out of air to breathe. Mm-hmm. I am a tall, deep-voiced lady, and I may serve cunt on a regular basis, but I still got a strong, defined jawline, and that is okay. Yeah. <laughs> people will fuck up, people will make a mistake, and I am trying to be more understanding with it. It's just, for a long time, it felt like when people closest to me were making the mistake it felt very not targeted it just felt like there could have been more of an effort made at the time yeah i think it's like i think when it comes to like personal stuff yeah. that like or like personal like like um uh, like when it comes to like close friends and family members it does definitely feel that way However, like with people who like, I don't really care all that much about, and it's not like I don't care about them as a person. It's just like, they're only in my life, like in like the workspace or they're only in my life, like, you know, within the school or something like that. Like, I'm not going to correct them because one, that's embarrassing for them. And two, it's not like they know any better and it's not like they care enough at like, I'm also in this, I'm also in that same box for them. Like they only know me as somebody in their workplace or they only know me as somebody in their school 
space um and they're they have their own shit that they're worrying about and they're trying to figure out their own stuff um so why do they have to remember my pronouns if i out and like i get that like i hourly like dress at least at school i'll dress like a little bit masculine but like you can still see how big my chest is you can still see that like i put a little bit of makeup on like people who assume i'm a girl you know like it's not like the context clues are there for it for sure but you know i'm not gonna spend my energy correcting them if they miss uh, if they misgender me um when per- people like- in my like life like my actual life who are actually friends who i actually care about and take time to think about during my day when they do it sometimes it's a little bit harder but i've also had conversations with people um you know about it like you i'm sure you know who Brittany is yes Brittany is my best friend um and i would die for her and i'm sure she would for me um but you know when i came out she knows but she struggled with it for a long time and it's just like how her brain was clicking and she apologized for it every time and at some point i was just like Brittany, i'm gonna give you the pass or like if you say she her it's okay like i don't care like it's fine like because she would feel so bad about it she actually was so upset about the fact that she could not get it right and like it was totally okay. I'm like, Brittany, if anyone's going to misgender me and me not be offended by it, it's going to be you. <laughs> That's where I am with my family because they've known me for over 20 years, obviously, going on 27. Yeah. And they're still getting used to using she, her pronouns. And it's a, I mean, it's a big adjustment. Yeah. My, I mean, my parents are the same way. Um, my stepmom is really good about it. Like, my stepmom is like, it was so funny because like we went to a um, a family reunion and our our family reunion our kids are our family is so huge and everyone's like on different like you know financial scales or classes or whatever. Um, we do camping because it's like cheap enough for people who can't really afford to go on a cruise every two years, you know. Yeah. Um, so we go camping at this one campsite and we've been doing it for years. Uh, and my stepmom, Georgie, just goes, so what kind of pronouns are you using these days? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, they, them. And like, I hadn't told, that was like when I came out to my parents that I was using they, them pronouns. And I was like, shit, told my mom or told my stepmom and my dad. Now I got to tell my mom, my dad and my mom, they struggle a little bit with it. My dad, he goes back and forth a lot. Like, he'll use the right ones, but then sometimes he really doesn't. But then my mom, she really doesn't. But also, my mom has, like, her brain's, like, super messed up at this point because of, like, the her thyroid meds and, like, all this other stuff. She's getting older, and she's getting more forgetful. Um, yeah. And I worry about her because she's also a teacher. <laughs> I'm like, girl, come on let's do some brain activities like let's get some exercise in like start let's do a crossword puzzle like <laughs> yeah some it's just something um yeah. and i love her and she knows this about herself it's not like if she heard this it would be an insult or anything but um no she really uh she really does struggle with it but again it's like i'm not i'm not hurt by it i kind of i figured out of anybody in my life my mom would be like the person to not use it but for like uh what's it called um like to be malicious in a way because she and i haven't always had the best relationship but she continues to surprise me because she'll still use lay them but for the most part she does forget um but she doesn't do it in a malicious way or anything like that which i I thought um you know because when i came out to her when i was in middle school that i was like gay or whatever 
um she lost her shit it was like a really bad it was like the worst of the worst it wasn't like she kicked me out of the house or anything like that but like she kind of made it about her cried screaming ran up to her room locked herself in the room for the rest of the night type shit and i was like jesus christ oh my god <laughs> yeah uh, which is so funny because now she has two gay kids and like it doesn't really matter <laughs> yep now she's just like hey, i'm used to it Yep. Just constantly surrounded by fags. It's fine. Yeah. Well, actually, it's so funny. She just told me that she has a little girl in her class who is trans. So, you know, she presents as female, but she's like, it's a third grader. So, like, the area that she works in is so, like, accepting of those, like, of the younger, of the younger kids being able to transition. Um, but the only I issue is that, that this. I know, but, and they transferred her into her class because the class that she was originally in, another kid's parents found out about her and did not like it and went to the principal, made a huge upset. And the principal was like, well, if you don't want this, you can enroll your kid in private school, like a private Christian school, because this is public school and we don't impose uh, religious values on especially children, but anybody at all. And so basically the principal shut them down, but to protect the kid just in case. Uh, oh girl, do you need me to move my car? I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but just in case the uh, kid would, like just in case the kid of the parents who were upset was going to do anything malicious, like, you know, bully or anything, they decided to preemptively switch her into my mom's class. And, like, they don't know anything about the fact that my mom has had, like, you know, uh, has kids who are part of the community. They don't know the fact that, like, you know, my mom has had, like, like for me personally, I've dated people who are trans, like, and she's met them. Um, and so she has, like, she has, like, some experience with it all. Uh, but, like, none of them knew about it. So she thought it was just kind of, like, fate for her, that little girl, to be in her class. I love that so much. I know. I'm, I'm, every day I get more and more proud of her. This is such a little pure-hearted moment. Oh my god. I know. I know it's just about time for you to head to class, so I'm just going to ask you the one final question that I always ask my guests on my podcast. What is the pettiest thing you have ever done in your life? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many to choose. I was a terrible I... person in high school. Um, but that's, I, I live was, for that. I love it. Tell me. <laughs> Listen, I used to do the pettiest shit all the time. I mean, there's been times where like my friend started da- like, there was one time where my friend started dating this guy that I told her I liked a week after I told her that I liked him. They dated for like half a year. And the minute they broke up, me and him got together, but that's not even the pettiest thing I've ever done. I think the pettiest thing I've ever done, especially in my adult life, that's like been recent is that when Dylan and I, so Dylan and I were like seeing each other that we like weren't like dating with like, you know, relationship terms or anything like that. But we were like, you know, exclusively seeing each other. He broke it off and then we were friends and then he broke off our friendship. And do you remember that? uh, What was it? Like um, the song that's like, um, fuck you and your mom and your like, you know. um, Yes. Yeah like the A-B-C-D-E-F-U, broke ass part. Yeah, 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 exactly that song. So it was a TikTok trend and people were doing that TikTok trend and like putting the initials of the people that fit the each version of like um whatever it was. And so I went on there and I did mine except for like I definitely used Dylan's initials a couple of times for certain things. 
Um, I think and I posted it so that everybody could freaking see it. Um, and it was at the same time that I was having his best friend move in with me. And he didn't know about that part. <laughs> so there's a lot of petty shit kind of surrounding that. However, I did get my instant karma because he made um, a post with the same exact song doing the same exact thing I did, except for pretty much my initial was in like every single one of them. So he was a little bit pettier than I was because I only put him in like two or three of them. <laughs> Y'all imagine me in heaven. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? For real. Um, but I think that's like the most, like that's probably the pettiest thing that I've done like recently. And that was like over a year ago now. Like we've, since then we've like gone back together, moved in and all that other good shit. So, um, but yeah. Uh, but high school me, yeah, I was definitely somebody that would steal people's boyfriends if they like, hit, like hurt my feelings. You better pop off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was always the better girlfriend too. Sometimes I was a little crazy. I mean, that's why we became friends. We're both a little yeah. unstable. Uh, I'm sure it's like a queer thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's the trauma. It's the, all the trauma. <laughs> Tra- trauma, no therapy. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I mean, even after therapy, I'm just, I know the words to describe it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Thank> you. <laughs> I never said anything about changing. I'm just more aware of what I'm doing. I'm just self-aware. I just feed into my own delusions and that's okay um, because oh I do my, my breathing God. exercises and I stop freaking out about it. Yeah. I am more same. secure. Ooh. I am more secure. <laughs> we love it. We love to hear it. Oh, absolutely phenomenal. Natty, it has been absolutely lovely. It has been a pleasure and I'm so glad we got a chance to catch up. Me too. I'm so, I love talking to you. I just miss you so much. I miss Charlotte in general, like all my friends there, but like you are just such a light in everyone's life. And I always enjoy every time we get to meet up and talk. I love you so much. You are (laughs) absolutely delightful and you always make me smile and laugh every time we have a conversation without fail. I try my best. It's the trauma. The trauma makes me funny. I mean, honestly, same. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me miss those moments after 4061 when we would just meet up at Murphy's and do those Irish car bombs. Oh my god, yes. Yes. I haven't had an Irish car bomb since I moved here. I'm so sad. (laughs) Next time we're together, can we please do one together? Please! Oh my god, I'll cry. The the nostalgia. For real. Do it for the moment. Uh, but yes, absolutely. I'll come up Please. soon too. Maddie, always a pleasure. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Coco's Petty Podcast. And on this special new edition where we interview all sorts of queer folks in the food and beverage industry and learn Woo-hoo. why are they traumatized. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, can still hear the ticket machine. <laughs> <laughs> there was, uh, there are so many moments in back of house where I just... Every time I heard the ticket printer go off, I would just, I would just turn around. I would just like close my eyes and I'd be like, please, when I turn around, let it be on fire. <laughs> let it be on fire. <laughs> just want it to combust. And I want to go home and have a glass of wine in the tub because it's been a long day. Yeah, exactly. But now I'm in therapy, so it's fine. <laughs>
Now, everybody, do not forget, stay cute. Stay kind. And most importantly, stay petty. Stay petty. Stay petty, yes. Mm. <laughs> All right, Maddie. I love you. I love you. I love you. I will talk love to you, you soon. I will text you Benji Beetle Bing Bongs Instagram. Please. Yes, so you can do a little internet stalking. All right. Yes. Have a fabulous day. Enjoy your time in class. Mm, how try? I have math. <laughs> oh, math. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hate it. Yeah, it'll be fine. But you have okay. a wonderful day. I hope you get to drink some wine um, and stay cool. You know oh, always. I know no other way. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye, Coco. Bye.